Welcome to Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. Hello. So today's episode is all about wasps. Now, I'd say we should all love them, but very few people do. And like loving most things, it comes down to a lack of understanding about that thing or even that person. So what is it about wasps that we don't like? So you're probably your experience, it's a lovely hot sunny day, you've decided to have a barbecue, you might be sat in the garden, and then you get wasps hanging around. And if you're anything like I was before I started keeping bees, I'd be flapping away and I'd be like, no, I don't like the wasp, keep away, it's going to sting me, it's going to attack me. And the thing is, they're after your sugary drinks, they're after your fruit, they're after anything sweet, anything glucose. So when you start keeping bees, you're taught that wasps are enemy number one, because not only are you trying to take the honey, but the wasps are too. And then add to that, the wasps often are um, given as a reason for bees dying out, you know, that they'll attack the colony until they all die out and you lose your bees because of wasps. But as with all things, it's a little bit more complex than that. I'm going to share with you what the life cycle is of the wasp. But first of all, here's an incredible fact. There are over 100,000 species of wasps on the planet. Now, there's only 22,000 species of bees, and that's quite incredible. But to think over 100,000 species of wasps. So the wasps that we tend to see would be your standard um Good grief, I cannot even think of the name. But they are sort of yellow and black, buzzy things, look a bit like a bee. In fact, I find that when I show people bees in observation hives, um, particularly the ones at the newt, a lot of people go, oh, I thought they were wasps. So you could be hating or being aggressive to something that isn't even what you think it is. So the wasps are much more yellow. They have, um, uh, which is why I put my yellow top on today, and they have a nipped in waist. So you can really see a difference because they come in and then they bulge out again, but long and thin um, waist. Now, also the key thing about wasps that's different is their wings. Now, bees have lovely sort of rounded wings um, and they have four wings. The wasps have a very clever wing that collapses a bit like a fan along their back. So when a wasp settles on something, it will fold its wings back, but they will sort of collapse down. So if you see wings and they look like a fan, they look like they've been folded back, then that's more likely to be a wasp. So the wasps that most of us are frightened of are the ones that will make nests and they make them out of wood. They make these huge paper nests. But it's important to understand their life cycle. So you'll only have a queen that lives through the winter months. And what you might find is you'll open up your shed in the early spring, the first few days, and a big wasp will fly out. And she would have snuck in there at the end of the summer just to hibernate. So we've got a, a box outside where we put all our, or a big trunk that we keep all our cushions for our garden furniture. And quite often we'll open that up in the early spring and then there's all these wasps flying out. I think one, the most we ever had was 16 queen wasps in there. So needless to say, we know we have wasp nests around the garden. And we've had all sorts of situations where they've been in flower beds, they've been in the roof um, and in more often than not in the hedges. So luckily, we've got some nice, thick, deep hedges. So they're not really a problem there. 
Now, if you understand the life cycle, you can understand a bit more about their behavior. So what the wasp does is you have the queen, she will be mated and she'll hibernate right through the winter months. When it gets to early spring, she will emerge and she'll be looking for a nesting site. Now, wasps are territorial. So if you really don't want wasps on your patio or too near your house, you can actually either hang up a brown paper bag that's a little bit crumpled and sort of puff it up, you know, like blow it up so it's like a ball or a balloon and then tie it up with a bit of string and just hang it so that it looks like it could be a wasp nest. So we've got a, um, a summer house here with a bit of a, a veranda that comes out. An ideal nesting space for wasps would be at the, the top of the inside of the roof because they, you wouldn't see them. You very rarely look up and then they can build a nice big ball and have their, their wasp nest there and they're handy for everything. So it's a good idea to put your fake nest somewhere like that or in a tree or underneath your umbrella if you've got an umbrella in your garden you know that kind of thing so what that does is that deters the wasps from making a nest and that's a good start because then you're not going to find that when you do start eating outside you've got a wasp right in the middle of your eating area now when the wasp starts building her nest she'll be going to wood so she likes untreated wood that she can strip and you can see where they're feeding, because if you look at your wooden furniture or wooden gates, you'll see these little sort of paler strips. And it's where the wasp has just chewed up these bits of wood, taken them back, digested them, and then uses them to make this paper nest. And then she starts laying eggs in the nest. And very similar to bees, she'll make hexagonal cells and she'll lay an egg in the cell. And then she'll be feeding the larvae. Now, Wasps are carnivores, and that's the main difference between bees and wasps. So bees evolved from wasps, which is why the wasps were the original species and why there's so many of them. And bees are a sort of subset of wasps who then decided that um, they would actually be, um, well, vegetarians. They wouldn't be eating meat anymore. So to feed wasps early in the spring, they're going to be looking for meat, fish, larvae. So they could be looking for the larvae of bees or other insects. They also eat aphids, which is really handy because when do we get aphids on our plants is in the early spring. So those queen wasps will be hoovering up the aphids, bringing them back and giving them to the, the larvae to feed them. Now, if the wasps didn't clean up the aphids, the aphids would destroy the plants and the plants wouldn't flower and the bees wouldn't be able to pollinate them or collect nectar or honey. So everything is connected. We do need the wasps. So that's the first stage. Then you'll have these first larvae will hatch and they will be the first adult wasps and they will take over some of the roles that the queen had been doing all by herself. So they'll be scooping up the wood, bringing it back, chewing it up to expand the nest and making the cells. They'll also be going out collecting nectar, which is carbohydrate, and pollen, which is the protein, but also protein in the form of meat. So if there are any um, carcasses of wild animals or if there's um, any meat that people have left out or if... Um, if you set up a trap with like tuna or, or meat, then they'll be collecting that. Now, this is where it gets interesting because those adult wasps will bring that food back. They'll give it to the larvae, but they can't eat it themselves. They give it to the larvae. The larvae digest it. And when it goes through the larvae system, 
it produces a sort of pre-digested gloop and that's what the adult wasps feed from. So the adult wasps, to feed themselves and to survive, they need the larvae. So through sort of April, May, even June, you're not going to see a lot of wasps because the colonies are still building, they're really busy, and the adult wasps have got all the food they want because it's coming through the larvae. Now, when you get to mid-July, or even the end of July, and particularly August, the queen has built her nest. It's a really huge nest. She's now laid the future queens, and so her role is done. The nest is no longer required because those queens will go off and mate, and then they will hibernate. They'll be looking for somewhere to hibernate. But you could have thousands and thousands of adult wasps that are suddenly unable to eat. They've got used to collecting the food and bringing it back to the nest, but now there's no larvae to digest it for them. And so these adult wasps are hungry. And just as if you suddenly shut the doors on your fridge or your larder or your house to your teenage kids, if you said, right, it's time you left home, I'm not feeding you anymore, what are they going to do? Fast food, straight down to wherever they can get instant food really quick. And it's the same with wasps. And what is instant food for wasps? Glucose, sugar, honey. And so they have got these really, really sensitive sense of smell and they can detect where that food is, where that source of food to just keep them alive. So this raises a couple of issues. If you've got fruit juice, apple juice, sugar, you know, sugar coated buns, whatever, and you're sat outside during July and August, you're going to be attracting wasps. Now, if you think, okay, I'll sit at a table and I'll put a wasp trap. So maybe you'll have a jam jar with a bit of uh, used up jam in and some water and you punch the lid so the wasps can get in. They can drink the, the jam, the sugary water, but they can't get out again. So you're killing the wasps. On the one hand, yes, you're killing the wasps. On Actually, I need three hands. The second point is you are killing the wasps, but these are the adult wasps that actually don't have such a strong purpose at the moment. And if humans weren't around, they would just be eating rotting fruit and fruit until they died anyway. The third thing is all the wasps in the area can smell that jam and you're going to attract them to you. So do not put your little wasp trap right in the middle of where you're going to eat. You want to put it in a hedge or under a tree or far away from where you are so that you can attract wasps, but away from you. This made me, when I understood this, I started to feel sorry for wasps and I could understand then why they attack a beehive. And it was key to making me change my beekeeping methods so that I'm not teasing the wasps or making the bees vulnerable. So if you open your hive in July or August to take the honey, then you will be attracting wasps. They will know where the honey is. And because you've taken the honey, the bees have to keep their entrances wider so they can go out and collect more nectar to make more honey to get them through the winter. And that allows, allows the wasps in. And what the wasps do is they go into the hive and one wasp will sneak in and it will just try and be in the dark corners and just pick up the pheromones of that colony of bees. And it will pick them up for as long as it can. And then it can go around the hive undetected and it can start taking the honey and moving out. And then more wasps will start coming in until the fact that the, the colony of bees get overwhelmed with wasps 
and they lose all their food and that's it. They, they just die out. They just can't survive. And so this is one of the reasons why beekeepers don't like wasps. They're blaming the wasps, but actually you should blame the beekeepers. We should be looking after our bees. But also because wasps have this incredible ability to clean up death and disease, then we need them. Because if you have got sick bees, you don't want them circulating. You don't want them breeding. You want them to die out and the wasps will clean them up. Now, I had a great, there's two other great instances about wasps. So we have um, observation hives at the Newton Somerset and we had a Beco system hive, which is a wall mounted hive, three frames deep, Langstroth size, two layers. So you've got brood and then the super layer and, um, and a window on the front. So you can watch the bees. We have a pipe that goes through the door and or through the wall so the bees can come and go. And in 2021, in about end of July, we caught a swarm over in the orchard and we thought they're not going to survive through the winter out here. Let's put them inside. So we'll increase their chances because they'll be a bit warmer, but also we can observe and we can see what happens inside a hive through the winter. So we put them in. They did fine. You know, it was great. We could see them chewing off the tape, you know, that we'd use to attach the, the wax comb to the frames. So they did really well. And then the colony shrunk down as they had meant to do through the winter. And then when we came to January, February, they just kept dwindling. And we could see that the queen wasn't laying any eggs. The, the colony wasn't thriving. So probably what had happened, they were a late cast swarm and the queen didn't mate sufficiently, if at all. And so the colony just managed to hold themselves together through the winter. And they had honey, you know, and we'd we'd given them some honey from their mother hive. But, um, it, you know, if the queen doesn't lay eggs, there's nothing you can do other than bring in a new queen, which is not what I wanted to do. So the colony died out in the April. Now, what I have normally observed is when a colony dies out, you'll get a swarm move in. But we had scout bees coming in. We could see them coming in through the pipe, measuring up the hive and going out again. But we didn't get a swarm move in. Now, it wasn't a particularly swarm year in 2022. So maybe that was it. But what was really interesting was in August of 2022, wasps moved in to that hive now i knew it wasn't going to be a wasp nest because i know the life cycle and it wasn't the queen it was just hundreds of individual wasps and what they did was they came in and they cleaned out all of the cells of the wax comb that the dead bees had left they took out any dead bees they took out anything any larvae anything that was left in the hive they cleaned it out and then this year it was perfectly clean for bees to move in again. So we now have it fully populated with bees. So we often don't wait long enough. You know, if you know the cycle, if the bees die out in April, the wasps will clean it out in July and August, and then it's ready for the next swarm the following year. Now, from observing this, it then made me look at red mason bees. And we have them living in the wall of a building at the newt in the gardens, the farmer's cottage, and the whole wall, it's red brick, and some of it is old lime mortar, and that's where the bees have chewed cavities. So you see these little cavities going through. Now, because red mason bees are so important for pollinating fruit trees, there is now a way of buying red mason bees and putting, um, you know, having little red mason bee hotels, and then you have the cocoons in these pipes, and you can tip the cocoons out, and you put them in an incubator so they can hatch. Now, there was a belief, there is a belief, that you have to tip them out of these tubes because the bees can't clean them out. And if they don't clean them out, then you can't have bees nesting in the next year. 
But I think that's looking too short term because observing this building where, of course, we can't clean out the tubes, they're cavities in the walls, but you'll see a lot of activity of wasps around that building around the end of the summer. And what are they doing? They're cleaning out the debris. So then the next spring, when the red mason bees hatch, the little tubes next to where they hatch from are lovely and clean and ready to go so that they can lay eggs. So isn't that amazing? This is why we should all love wasps. And if we kill all the wasps, if we poison them and destroy their habitat, destroy their nests, kill the queens, who's going to be cleaning up all the disease and debris? That's quite a worry. So we really need the wasps. We need to learn to love them. And we need to ensure that there's enough habitat, perhaps away from our houses, that they can live in and they can thrive. So if you find a wasp nest in a woods, in a trees, in your hedge, if you can leave them be, just leave them be. They'll all be gone by the end of September. You know, they should, you might have a few stragglers, but generally they're not around through the winter months. The first frost will kill them off. If there isn't enough food for them, if there's not fruit left out under your trees, there's nothing for them to eat and they'll go. And if you really, really don't like wasps, then when you sit outside in the summer, stop having sugary things, just have your savory stuff. Maybe have a month, a sugar-free month, where you're not having anything that's going to attract these poor, hungry adult wasps that all they want to do is feed their stomachs. I hope this has helped you. I hope that from now on you can go into this summer and really look at wasps with a new perspective and maybe just sit and watch them. And as an extra note, my bee team and I, we were all flappers. Before we kept bees, if there was a bee or a wasp or a spider, anywhere near us, we'd be flapping and we'd be squealing and going, I can't go in there, get it out. And now we can often be extracting honey and have wasps crawling on our hands because we know all the wasps want to do is have a bit of honey. And we're not jumpy. And when you're not jumpy, the wasps don't need to sting you. If they do sting you, the venom is highly medicinal. So it's a win-win. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed this. Do share it with somebody who you think needs to have a little bit more information about wasps. And if you've got a place where you are trying to entertain people outside, maybe you can use some of these tips to try and protect yourself against um, lots of wasps trying to share the meal with you. Thank you very much. And until next time, keep on creating a buzz about health. This podcast has been produced and edited by the wonderful B. Brooke, and the music was created especially for me by Raya. Thank you very much. You have to become yourself. Join us Open next time on heart. Creating a Buzz Open About Health heart. podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.